She's Julie Roxanne. And he's Alistair. And And this this is Far Out, a podcast about stepping off the beaten path and learning to live from our center. Yeah, you can't bypass the fact that you're hitting a dead end, yeah. right? And that that can fucking suck. Yeah. Like, so if you just go look back and like, oh, every cloud's got a silver lining. <laughs> oh, it's going to be fine. <laughs> the, you know, like, no. It's like there's such a, a an act of surrender that has to happen, and it will happen whether you actively surrender or whether you're made to surrender. Yeah. Yeah. And that is terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) It is. That this is all happening for my unfolding. This is all happening for me. Yeah. Is this this it? (laughs) I think I don't know how we reached a dead end. Well, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Far Out Podcast. Welcome. It's great to have you here, like always. Thank you for being here. Today, we're talking about transitions. And Julie Roxanne happened to pull, well, she was pulling some uh, oracle cards out of her archetypes deck, and three actually fell out. And they turned out to be great archetypes to explore transition and uh and also to explore what's what we're experiencing currently in our lives hope you enjoy it let's get into it let's get into it hello far out people hello everyone hello alistair hey julia roxanne welcome to another episode recorded on a sunday morning Uh, it's kind of nice. I like it. I like the opportunity to sit down with you and uh, to visit with you and talk about the things. Today, um, we were not sure exactly what we wanted to talk about. We kind of had a topic in mind, and then there was something else that we have been playing around for a while. And I decided to pull some cards. I recently have been kind of pulling cards more often, and I pulled from my trusty deck by Kim Kranz, The Wild Unknown Archetypes. This deck is amazing, and I highly recommend you get it if you're into archetypes. I think we've just, we mentioned it in the episode that we recorded about archetypes just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I think that's the last episode, actually. Oh, no, 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 no. no, no. no. It's, yeah, it's right. yeah, we're two weeks out. And so I decided to pull cards, and as it seems to happen recently, uh, cards just fell out of the deck. So it's always like and they I were always wonderful cards. They were, <laughs> they were wonderful cards. They were very representative. I've been uh, I've been pulling. Uh, it's interesting because this is the second time in a row that cards fall out of the deck. There's three of them, and they're all incredibly on point with the current reality that we're going through. Yeah, so if you want a snapshot of our life right now, here are the three cards we pulled, or that fell out of the deck, <laughs> yeah. that spirit pulled. Uh, the first one is the box. The second one is the dead end. And the third one is apocalypsis. Yeah. Those just roll right off the tongue, <laughs> you know? Like, that's a really good Sunday morning. 
the box, the yeah. dead end yeah. apocalypses. I hope that this. So, so we had been playing around with the idea of recording an episode on transitions, and I think I I kind of felt inspired by this by this deal of card, like this this uh, draw of card. They are very representative of where we've been for the last couple of weeks. It's been a rough time. Yeah, it's been relentless. It's been really rough. And you were telling, yes, you were telling me yesterday how it's just like the whole fucking year has been. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that. Um, I've been feeling kind of sorry for myself. Yeah, I think one of my, she offers a lot of like persona play and like being the victim and add the effect of things and feeling sorry for yourself. It's totally okay. And like, she actually, part of what she does in her own life is like, she, uh, she will like give herself 20 minutes or even an hour or a whole day to just really, really embody the victim and like actually take ownership of like, all right, I'm just really like feeling sorry for myself right now. And that's fine too. Like, I don't have to beat myself up on top of feeling sorry for myself. It's interesting because in the past, you and I have, I feel like we've been pretty good at, like, if I was having a really, really hard time, that you would be doing well, and right. vice versa. I think that the, these last 10 days or two weeks have proven that we can both feel like shit at the same time, and that it's okay. Although I have to say, even within that, I feel like on the days that I really, really hit bottom, you the other were kind of, of... steps up, yeah, and vice it just, versa. Yeah. yeah, so thank God for that. Um but yeah, it's. I think I just the cards I pull were like, okay, we have. I think it would be good to talk about this. Um, we are recording these episodes in a batch, so by the time you listen to this, will it'll be probably a few weeks, a few weeks out. But we're about to head out to uh, the East Coast and uh, and do some work there. And it just felt I don't know, like we're we're not gonna record for a bit. And I just wanted to talk about how things have felt and particularly the transformational aspect that's undergoing because I actually in my better moments I'm able to see like the deep dark pit of despair that we both seem to be in or uh, coming in and out of just being one phase of transformation that we just don't know we just don't know where the next stages are and we just right now we're in the we're melting away and it's pretty awful and we have no idea what's going to happen next but in my better days like today I'm able to remember that um, we're going somewhere. So, uh, dark pit of despair. As much as I'm not a fan, it can be fairly useful in uh, <laughs> kind of melting away yeah. illusion and things like that. Yeah. And it's can be rough, but it can bring I don't know. Revelation might be too strong a word, but truth with it. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's the most painful part of it. So that's what put that's what yeah. puts us in the despair. It's like you see truths and you're like, oh shit. Yeah. Don't know what to do with this. I can't unsee it and don't know what to do with this. Sometimes I wish I would have been kept in the you know, not have seen the truth of a particular situation. Yeah. So the box, the dead end, and apocalypsis. I kinda wanna read not all of it, but I just want to read like little snippets of each, um, although they speak for themselves. But I feel like actually Apocalypse is misunderstood, so I would like to get to that. So in order, um, the box, the cage, the rules, the norm. Uh, we all live to some degree within the confines of the box. It 
The archetype represents everything that is known, anticipated, and expected. The box is sneaky, insidious, and everywhere, limiting us at the most unconscious levels. There's a box around you now made of some types of confining thought. What is it? The box shifts and morphs as we grow, which I think is the most interesting part. Is like you can, you we're never not in a box. Like right. there's that that's not possible. And so it's just the fact that it shifts and morphs as we grow. It's like I feel like in our life we barely have time to feel like we've pierced through the last layer of the box and it, we've enjoyed it for like two seconds and then the new layer becomes apparent or like oh shit. This is part of its multi-layered nature. Once you break through one layer, another will present itself to you. Keep going, break through, an exquisite life requires it. Yeah, so moving outside of the box is exhilarating and expansive, but destabilizing. Others will wonder what you are doing and why. You will too. This is part of the process. Thank God for Kim. Uh, thank you, Kim Krantz. <laughs> she actually, she write like the her... Uh, her writings on each archetype is just so spot on and so helpful to just get at the core of it. I can definitely relate with the box right now. Yeah. Do you uh, want to... Yeah, how so? Just a lot of old patterns, mm. I think, becoming very visible again and falling into old places. I think over the last couple of weeks, you and I both were like, wow, this is strange. Mm. I'm feeling like I felt a long time ago. Yeah. Um. And with that, certain thought patterns that perhaps we thought we moved beyond come back, or we see maybe a larger box that we we didn't quite get out of, yeah. or are still in, or notice different ways that that we really hadn't transcended the box as we thought. Yeah, and that can all be uh, fairly depressing. <laughs> yeah, and confining. Yeah, and I, I think it. If I feel into my body what it feels like when I'm in the box, or and, it, and it's like warring against the box only makes it worse mm-hmm. in some ways, right? Like that's not it's not the way you get out of the box; it's the way you make it more real. Yeah. And in my body, I can feel it uh, through feelings of contraction and also feelings of being trapped, yeah, or just wanting to hide in a box. Mm-hmm. I think those are all ways that archetype also shows up. Yeah, my body version, there's a fair amount of tension, but something that kind of creeps up slowly over me, and then it, it, I don't even realize that I'm experiencing it, is like heaviness. Just feeling like there's like some some energetical weight on parts of my body. Yeah, it feels, it feels like, a, it, it, I think, kind of continuing to riff, it's, it's, been, it's felt like a very humbling time. But for me, it's just like the last couple of weeks have just been like something really big is cracking open and like changing in a way that I don't, I'm not understanding yet. And it's terrifying because I don't understand it. <laughs> and I don't, everything in my box is known and everything outside of the box is unknown. And I'd rather stay where it's known, but the box is no longer an appropriate place for me to live. Life is obviously telling me that. And it's like time to break free from that layer. But there are aspects of me that are just not ready to move on yet. And so there's a lot of internal battle. And uh, and th- and ultimately, it's like battling with God. God is going to win. And so that's kind of like the, um- the humbling portion for me is just like the more I battle, the 
the less it actually works and the more just, just tire you, yourself out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I can notice my thoughts getting boxy too. They get angular and predictable mm. and linear and not particularly interesting. Mm. Um, and I can't seem to get out of the angular logic of them that yeah. just is somewhat circular yeah right? like in a squarular a you know? squarular yes, so like th- yes. Because this 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 and then just it just keeps going, going. around and going around i think Quite one the of labyrinth one of the solutions for me when i when i'm feeling in the box is uh getting outside mm-hmm. getting outside because you know i remember this this struck me really strongly when i came back from your uh, my second yosemite backpacking trip that i was guiding this summer so I'd been out in, in the wilderness for a couple of weeks at that point. And I came back to Fresno and we had rented an Airbnb for in between trips. And I was hanging out one morning in the living room, which was open to the kitchen. Like there was kind of a a frame into like a more entryway dining, area yeah. dining and then another frame into the kitchen. But it was yeah. all open and I was sitting on the couch and in front of me, I could see these the frames of the house yeah and then i just all of a sudden it was like my vision changed because i had been spent so much time outside where there were no right angles Mm -hmm. there are no rectangles or squares out in out in nature it's just there's none of that that's not a natural uh shape in in many ways um maybe imperfectly so but not like the ones that that um we see and and I was actually I had my phone out and like my phone's a box my phone's a square and then on my phone are more squares like it's actually made up of pixels and Instagram is a place where other people share squares mm-hmm. and everything's a square everything's a square and then like the coffee table mm-hmm. angles and the TV and the frame and the picture and the frame of the house everything even some of the like even some of the 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 paneling on the floor, mm-hmm. it's more squares. Mm-hmm. Just look around. I was like, "Holy shit! We're everything is a square in here." Yeah. And I haven't seen one of these for weeks. Yeah, it was just it was really strange. It was like something was out of focus, and then all of a sudden it just sharpened. Yeah, and I yeah. Saw I it, you and it was really that. bizarre. That's that's the box. That's the box. <laughs> yeah, and I think I I want to name this uh, as at the beginning to. We're not going to get into specifics of what actually is happening. One, because it's way, we're way too in it to be able to have any form of, to be, to share the specifics. It's too, we're too in it. But, but, and this is what has driven me crazy over this last, these last few months, honestly, because it's like, I feel like this, these two weeks are just, an intensified version of something that's been brewing for much longer. And as we said, like the whole year has been an interesting, an interesting time to say the least. Uh, It's just very peaks and valleys for me and, and like, but super intense. And um, what's interesting is I also in to answer the, you know, what, what is actually going on? I actually don't know. I don't know how to talk about it. I don't know how to explain the content. I can talk about the context. I can. I, I think like what we're doing right now is actually helpful in like meaning making of our experience. But I think probably you feel the same. Yeah. Well, it's, just, al- it's also I think the thing that might be most 
useful or applicable to anyone listening. Yeah, because, totally. Because it's general enough that it's going to transfer over. We start talking about the details of our life. One, like you said, when you're in transition, you don't. When you're truly in transition, you don't really know what's going on. I so actually, it's, it's I actually, actually don't just know. Confusion, yeah. to some degree. It's not the not the most useful, and also I think as a policy, we don't want to bleed all over the podcast. It's not particularly. It's I don't I don't think it's very worthwhile. Mm. Um, like definitely be honest and transparent about what's going on in our lives. Like sometimes when things are super fresh, it's not super beneficial to go into the details. Yeah, I, I think I think uh, I I agree with all of this, and I really just want to emphasize, like on my end, it's just been a whole lot of I have no idea what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Like I just don't, and I've I've been I've had to. It's it's really hard for me to connect to anyone right now. Like I'm finding I don't know how to speak to people. Like I I don't I don't know how to tell them how I'm doing. I don't know how to answer the question how are you doing because it sends me in such a fractal loop of where do I start? I don't even know. And then I feel like I can't actually relate to anyone right now, which I think is like pretty normal. I, f I honestly feel like we're in a little bit of the underworld, at least for me, I've just kind of been going through, you know, it's all, it's all very hard to explain. So yeah, so that's, I think like focusing, these cards felt like a, co a cool like way to get at some pieces of it without actually get, get, get trying to even get into the content of it. Because even when we try together, it gets super messy, super fast. Like we're yeah. really, it's very confused. And I think we're also, you know, less interested sometimes in the content and the patterns Yes, 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 totally. I agree with that. Because if you're going to, if you're going to San Francisco, <laughs> if you're going <laughs> to San Francisco, um, no, <laughs> if you're going to San Francisco, put some flowers in your hair. But uh, I was wondering what the next line was. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I think since this podcast began, it was an honest-to-God attempt to document our adventure in the greatest sense of that word, right? Tribulations. No, adventure. Like, st stepping out into... On an uncertain path. Yeah. That, that tribulation, in the way that I hear the, this word, fits into that. Yeah. But yes. But, uh, but also, yeah. like, you know, kind of circling around the idea of also, like, what uh, Mary Oliver's says, like, tell me, what are you going to do with your one precious life, right? And I think We're trying it, to tell you. if we <laughs> contemplate that, the answer is inherently risky, mm -hmm. right? Like, there's risk involved. And so we've always been trying to document the adventure of stepping off what was for us a beaten path and, mm -hmm. and kind of forging our own. And that is always a step into the unknown. And I think as... Uh, student uh, and practicing shamans and retreat leaders and all that. Like a lot of our fascination is how do we deal with that? Mm. How do we deal with that stepping into the unknown or sometimes submerging into the unknown and diving into the unknown? And how do we deal with everything that comes up from that? And is it worth it? And I think that's what we're trying to explore here. Yeah, always. How do we deal 
with the hard times and inevitably come the challenges and obstacles that come. Yeah. Uh, when when you really step into the advent- your adventure. I actually I think I'm happy that we're talking about this today because I think that some of some some of what's been going on for me too is like not knowing where to find a sense of support or guidance in these kind of dark times. And I'm not saying that we're actually offering guidance to anyone, but I think that because I think because it is so freaking hard to talk about these times, people don't. And they tell you about it in hindsight when they've made it through. And right now I'm like, there's a solid chance we're not going to make it through. Like, that's part of the thinking process, right? Like, when you are in the darker times, part of it is to believe that it might not get better ever, you know? Like, that's despair. That's hopelessness. And I think that I know that in the past when we've talked about this on the podcast, the responses from people have been like, thank you for speaking to that, because I feel like no one does. And I don't, I don't take that as like a, I'm not saying this because I have some sort of, I don't know, savior complex or, you know, like, and I'm not taking it as my duty to share the hard times, but. I find it refreshing when you hear. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's so easy to put up appearances. Yeah. And I feel it too. I'm fairly resistant to talking about it. And I find myself wanting to like close off, mm-hmm. right? Like wanting to contract. Yeah. wanting to isolate. And I mean, the, we know that that's also how we get into depressive states or that is a state of depression in, in some way, right? Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that's natural and I don't know, it's it's tough. I think sometimes it's warranted. They're not always something to fight. but they're, Like states of depression? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. That yeah, or those states of contraction and yeah. isolation, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like, I don't think we always need to be trying to wage war against those tendencies. I think there's a lot of intelligence in them. I actually think one of the things that's been most difficult for me is that I haven't actually really been able to contract the way I want to. Our work and stuff has, you know, a lot of these things get planned out a lot further down the line, Mm -hmm. you know, and they get planned at stages where we're feeling creative and great. And that's not always how we feel when, it comes time to do the things. I think it's a degree of professionalism that you not ignore your emotional states and do the thing. You recognize them and do the thing. Like, yeah, I can be sad or I can be depressed and I can still go and lead a retreat or do a coaching call yeah. or record a podcast or Same. whatever. Yeah. If, if this is something that's important to you, um, I think part of the practice is learning how to how to include all of you in that work. Mm. Well said. I like that a lot. Super trippy conversation already. All right. Do you want to get to the dead I'm end? I'm going to read the dead end, yeah. So the dead end for funsies, the cards fell out of the deck, and it appeared there was only two cards, the box and apocalypsis. Yeah. And then I already, I already thought that was a pretty big win. I was, you know, yeah, I was, like, I was wow, jackpot, jackpot, woo! And then it turns out that the dead end was stuck in between the two. Yeah. Uh, so we then read, and it's the middle card, <clears throat> the dead end, the closed door, the final chapter, the impasse. I'm actually going to read the whole thing for this one. 
Contrary to what its name implies, the dead end is very much alive. It is a force that stops us from moving forward as planned. It is thick, dense, uncompromising, a wall beyond all walls. With every bramble, thorn, and stone, it simply states, No more, child, you have reached the last page of this chapter. It is natural to resist its very resistance and struggle even harder to make our way, to prove our point, to hold on to what was. In this way, we fight with life itself. From a mythic perspective, the end you face is very much a beginning. There are doors opening all around you, just not the ones you plan on walking through. If you're honest and courageous enough to accept, adjust, and adapt, the dead end becomes known as life's beginning. Just little tidbits on the side. Reflect on dead ends in your past that led you to unimaginable wonders. The moment you accept the ending, a feeling of grace will arise. Doors begin to open both inside you and in the world. I think it's important on that advice not to reflect on dead ends as a way to rationalize where, like, you know, like, to look back and be like, oh, okay, well, I, I think it can be... We can't bypass... It, yeah, you can't bypass the fact that you're hitting a dead end, yeah. right? And that, that can fucking suck. Yeah. Like... So if you just go look back and like, oh, every cloud's got a silver lining. <laughs> oh, it's going to be fine. What's the, you know, like, no, I, it's shitty. Like, maybe, like, find ways to, I think it's useful to reflect on if that can open you mm. to embracing the dead end you're running into. Yes. And, but if it's a way to bypass it or protect yourself from it, then then I think you're in trouble and you haven't hit your dead end yet. Yeah. Um, I also was thinking as I was listening to that, you know, because there's a picture here. There's a picture of like kind of shadowy brambles kind yeah. of thing. And it's like a tunnel. It's a little bit of light, but just clear you're not going to be able to get through. And there's a hand like saying stop. It's all black and white uh, in the center. And it's like when I hear it, I'm like, oh, yeah, dead end. Like, duh, don't go that way. Right. Like when you see the sign, like, yeah, yeah there's a dead end. I'm not going to drive that way. You know, but <laughs> yeah. like I think what's so difficult about this when when it's not like when grappling it grappling with it as an experience is like i don't know what the dead end is yeah i don't know like that's so much of the pain is i'm not exactly sure what i know i'm running into a dead end yeah i don't know what the where that what the dead end is and what it is i need to give up i'm not sure what's causing me to keep running into it mm -hmm. and it's i think if i relate and sometimes i even think i know what that thing is and yet i don't mm -hmm. i don't know how to how to turn a corner or go a different direction yeah. you know yeah it's like it's it can be very frustrating and very difficult yeah i i agree with you i think that the dead end the simplifying of it and like the, you know, if I picture it as a road or as a trail or whatever, it's like, oh, it's obvious what the dead end is. And I can I can just not go there and I can go somewhere else. But as you said, like, it's really hard with the with the level with the complexity of life in general. Like you might I think we're both feeling like, OK, we're hitting a dead end. But I feel I feel like I feel like somehow we just have to keep rubbing our faces in the brambles of it so that we can continue we can actually figure out like I don't know there's like um there's a conceptual understanding that it's a dead end but somehow we haven't Yeah it's not like it's not just a matter of like hitting a dead end okay stop it's like 
hitting a dead end. Okay, now is the hard work of really, really kind of feeling around for what exactly is the energetical pattern or yeah. or behavior or behaviors, belief, whatever that is causing me to hit that dead end. Yeah. Right? Like that's like a fumbling in the dark a lot of the times. Yeah, because I actually think that in 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 the ways that I'm experiencing it in our life right now, it doesn't just it doesn't feel like we just need to like, oh, okay, it's a dead end. Let me just go left, and then I'm gonna find new trails. It's like there's a feeling of well, this is still the general direction I want to go, but obviously, and I think I need to go, but obviously this is a dead end. So it just feels like there's more of a I'm gonna sit down on the trail. And I'm going to kind of not wait passively, but I'm just going to do the self-inquiry and the the questioning and the conversation, the conversating with God to understand where I'm supposed to go. I think if I relate it to actual dead ends I've hit on the trail, and I'm thinking back to like the Himalayas too, when we were, you know, sometimes we'd get lost on a trail, you know, we'd be hiking for 10 hours a day. And then without knowing it, we missed a turn in the trail or whatever and would take like a shepherd or a cow's trail instead. And, you know, you're carrying a lot of weight. You're trying to get some, it's not like, like you're trying to get somewhere before sundown. You don't exactly know where you are. And there's the whole process when you're going down a dead end. Like, yeah, maybe it's nice when you finally hit the end of the dead end and you know, but there's a whole process <laughs> where like, well, it's not totally nice, but like, where maybe you start doubting it, like, is this a dead end? I'm not really sure. Should it turn around? No, I'll just keep going a little further. No, I'll just keep going a little further. Well, I've gone pretty far. This is probably it. Let me just keep going. Like, yeah, there's a pushing yeah, yeah. and pushing. And then there's finally a moment where, like, it peters out or you're you're pretty certain. And you're like, shit, now I'm going to, if I'm going to recognize the truth that this is a dead end and not, like, follow that hope that mm -hmm. it's not... I'm going to have to turn around and backtrack. And that means I'm going to have to accept the reality that I've not only hiked out this far, but have to hike back that far yeah. to get back on the regular trail. Yeah. And like that can, from my own experience of that happening in, in some difficult situations, that can be mentally challenging. Yeah. And that's just like a pretty straightforward trail, yeah. right? Like that's not... Um, Life. Yeah, <laughs> where, where, where it's n never, is rarely at least, that that um, clearly demarked, right? If I follow that analogy, I just, <laughs> I just want to remember with you that time where we missed the turn together. We both have super heavy packs. We've been trying to get up to the pass all day, and we have a shitty map. We don't even know how long, how much longer we need to walk. Like, it's very much, like, completely improvised. And somehow we got on, like, a cow's trail. And I remember the feeling of, you know, it's like, is this it? This feels weird. Is this it? Yeah, it probably is. I mean, we've already walked that far, so let's just keep walking. And then we yeah. keep walking. And then we keep walking. And then we keep walking. And we get to the place where it's obvious that we've fucked up. And, and every step you take is two steps. Because yes. you got to step back, right? Yes. Like, so every... When you haven't recognized and you keep pushing forward, you're doubling the damage yeah. with every step. And, and it's important, as you're doing it, 
like we've doubted the trail many times when we were on the right trail. You know, it's like the doubting yeah. of the trail. It's like we can tell you in hindsight, but it doesn't like at the time. It's just like, nah, okay, now let's keep going. And I just remember getting that to that place where we both realized, like, okay, this is not it. We've hiked for an hour for on the wrong trail, and we have to backtrack. And the sun's, you know, and like it's getting dark and it's getting rainy. And I think it's the night that we ended up camp like setting up our tent in the rain that then in the morning and it, it was pouring down rain or something and then in the morning we we ended up having to go and sleep somewhere else that night because we were getting flooded in our tent anyways crazy stories but i just remember hitting the point realizing we were at the dead end and then once we had accepted we were at a dead end there was a bit of there was a sense of relief of like okay oh, at least now we know what to now do. we know what's happening yeah. but we then stopped put down our packs grabbed our peanut butter which was the like the treat of treats it's like you don't eat the peanut butter for any of any reason it's it's heavy to carry but it's like deep reward yeah and we pulled out a spoon and we both had a spoon of peanut butter. I think I might have had some of my last chocolate. I was I, I was going to say, I think there was like some chocolate involved. And we both, you know, sat there, enjoyed that. Like, okay, you know, we're, it's going to be okay. And we now have peanut butter. And then we put our packs on and we backtracked. But I'm, I think if I'm like looking at this as the analogy, I'm like, I wonder where we are in the process. You know, it's like, are we, are we, uh. Are we still walking and have we not figured out? I think we sh we're I still... I feel like I'm still walking. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think we're still walking. We're getting to the peanut butter, though. It's, Hopefully. In some ways, the, the actual dead end, when you actually get to it, is a bit of a godsend. I know, it's true. It's um, as it's wrapped in, in a, a fair amount of pain a lot of times and frustration. But it's also, it's also really um, merciful. Yeah, and she said that she says that in the side to note that in most stories and movies, the moment the protagonist reaches reaches the dead end, something riveting happens. You are the protagonist. So there it is. Uh, that was the dead end. Uh, any other words on the dead end before we go to apocalypses? No, let's uh, let's keep going. Yeah. So then this last this last card, which is. At the end, so, like, the cards are organized by, you know, different types of archetypes. Like, there's the places, the tools. And at the very end, there's the initiations. And there's only, like, maybe six or seven of those. And they're, like, powerful, powerful archetypes. And apocalypses. Removing the veil of deception. Apocalypsis indicates a particularly painful time, one that unfolds when two disparate dynamics occur simultaneously, pulling the psyche in seemingly opposite directions. The first is a lifting of the veil. This means truths that have been kept in the dark are revealed, seen, and unearthed. No matter how relieve, relieving it is to witness them come into the light, an element of despair and grief follows. The second, the second dynamic is the reg regeneration that comes from the wreckage of the revealed truth. The old narrative breaks and a new story forms. Apocalypse's energy is similar to a forest fire, devastation for the sake of regeneration. The veil lifts and we see who and what has been hiding. From the nakedness of the truth, a child is born. Have faith in the process. Hold on to your center. 
That is the only way. So that feels like the most apt card that describes my experience in the last couple of weeks. How so? The two disparate dynamics occurring simultaneously, pulling the psyche in seemingly opposite directions. Yeah. That's what I've felt. And to be to be pretty blunt, at times it's felt like I'm actually going crazy. Yeah. Like, and it's not fun to feel that. <laughs> it's not fun at all. Yeah, I've had to I've had to really be with that. And I realized the other day when I had another kind of experience where it was just I was I I had a bit of a breakdown that day, and uh, you know it sounds great the whole the regeneration that comes from the wreckage and and it's happening at the same time right you're seeing the truth and it's breaking old narratives and new things are forming but it's all happening at the same time here's what but what sounds great about that like is that the concept of regeneration is nice but I know. my concept of it is in the current narrative yeah and like how generation regeneration might happen has nothing to do with what I may have nothing to do with what I want from this current perspective. Totally. So it may not feel positive. Well, plus I think that I, <laughs> when a fire burns down a forest and five years later, there's new growth. And, you know, 20 years later, there's, there's a, there's a new forest that responds to the needs of the environment better or whatever that is more suited for the current environment as as it unfolds more than 20 years but yeah well okay whatever yeah well thank that's my point it's like the thing is while this as we read it sounds like a linear process it's not because it's actually occurring simultaneously right like if a, if a fire burns down the forest this is also when the the earth is getting uh, exposed in a way where then new new life can grow and like it's regenerating the soil but it's fucking burning the forest and i think that at the scale of our life what it's felt like recently is just especially like there was a week like in these two weeks like i'm kind of back where it's okay but there was this, a week where i just felt like i was in the most intense ego dissolution portion of a psychedelic trip, but in slow motion. Or it's like, nothing makes sense. And then you're like, oh my God, nothing makes sense. Oh my God, what does that mean that nothing makes sense? Oh my God. And it's like, it's it's just so drawn out. And it's so, and it, I, I think what she says at the end, you know, have faith in the process, hold on to your center. That is the only way. Having faith in the process when everything is dissolving is not easy because because there is no faith left. Like no. that's also part of the process is to not have faith. <laughs> and so like that is that's why I think this card just holds so much truth. Also also I think that uh you know the apocalypse is always seen as like this like purely destroying like everything's fucked up and everything is dying, but the fact that like it actually means uh, I think the the Greek roots or whatever is like peeking behind the veil, like the veil being removed. And I think that's honestly, this is kind of the the whole thing, right? Like the the our egos have a sense of what reality is, and we have the box, and it's safe, and it's known. And then 
we have to get out of the box. We have to face the dead ends. We have to. It's like there's such a, a an act of surrender that has to happen, and it will happen whether you actively surrender or whether you're made to surrender. Yeah, yeah. And that is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I I agree with the the feeling around. I forget how how it's said, but there's certain dynamics. Two two disparate dynamics. Disparate dynamics, right? This is the state of tension. Yeah. Right? That like kind of tears things apart. Right. And it's also the creative force. It makes me think of a quote that I I think I've shared on here before. This this is oh man, what's his name? (laughs) (laughs) The book is right over there. The the great work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the great Thomas word. Barry. Oh, Thomas, Thomas Barry. Okay. Thomas, this oh is written God. in Thomas Barry's book, and he's actually referencing someone else. He says, as the distinguished anthropologist A.L. Krober once indicated, the ideal situation for any individual or any culture is not exactly placidity. It is rather the highest state of tension that the organism can bear create- creatively. Yeah. The highest state of tension that the organism can bear creatively is... The ideal state for any individual or culture. So, so you're, you're, you're saying this is our ideal state. Um, I mean, I can I, no, see that. No, what makes me think of is like, I think this makes me think of like preparing, you know, I, most spiritual traditions are bring in your own depth or death, right? That, like that's something you contemplate or you're preparing for, right? Or, mm-hmm. or whatever. But there, there's a sense of awareness of death, right? As like, and in some sense that we're preparing for that right and i would imagine death to be probably the biggest tension mm-hmm. of opposites like life and death yeah in a way like like right. something like that right yeah. like it's a pretty huge tension and most spiritual traditions point to preparing for that mm-hmm. in some way right like and i think these are forms of death. It's not not maybe the ultimate, right? But apocalypse is, is definitely a death of sorts. Yeah. Um, in why, which is why it's in the initiation category yeah. in the archetype group book, right? Like, is because something something is being initiated. Something is is no longer going to be. And I think we maybe these are and these are pointing to psychic experiences too right like we don't have to take them particularly literally mm-hmm. um they're happening they they're psychic experiences is at least one way to look at it and it seems to me the best we can do to prepare for these if we are to hold those states of tension is work like practice with hold, with holding tension mm-hmm. right like this could be a meditation practice or something like that and it says in that the description of that card, like, what does it say? Find your center or stay with. Yeah, hold on to your center. Hold on to your center. Um, that seems like the best advice in these kind of situations. It's like, okay, well, can I stay centered in this and and what and and in some degree be an observer to the tensions that are that are tearing my world apart. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Uh, That's the only time I feel sane sometimes in these really intense periods. I remember that being very true when I first started practicing Zen. And I was going through a really huge transition in my life that was, like, just world demolishing. And, like, everything felt like it was kind of coming down all at once. And it felt extraordinarily intense. And, like, 
the only time I really felt peace was when I was sitting on my cushion. And it's actually something I haven't been very good at doing. No, we haven't really been practicing. Yeah. I can feel like this morning I did a short practice and I was just like, oh my God. And it's probably the thing I should be doing most right now. I know, same. Well, maybe this is our reminder. Maybe uh, if, whenever. Thanks, Thanks for also naming, you know, previous times in your life where it's felt like that because... Yeah, this is, <laughs> I already, I I already have undergone, I don't know, it feels like uh, what I'm realizing is, is happening is it's just like this year has been a massive transformation, but it's it, somehow it feels like it's going very slow and it's incredibly painful and it's not really pleasant and it feels very confusing I mean, I think a lot of people could relate with that. The world looks yeah. you know, like, like if you look at what's going on in our economies in the world right now. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I actually tend to think that highly sensitive people pick up also on the collective experience. And I, I don't know how much of what I'm going through right now is just our personal lives, or you More know, or or just like reality. yeah, like. And our and our personal lives are intertwined with the collective reality, da da da. You know, so it's like it's it's just just where is my personal life ending? Like, where are the the boundaries? Right? Like, if the economy is on its way to collapsing, it's it's not it's not just something outside that's not going to affect me. It's obviously going to affect me. Yeah. So I don't know. I th- I think. Uh, but I, honestly. Having the ability in just the last few weeks to put that into word that like, oh, we're okay, we're this is a we're just going through a pretty massive transformation. This is what's happening already is like anchoring and just like as as she says, like, you know, have faith in the process. I think it's bringing back a little bit of faith in the process. Not totally. I'm still mostly hopeless right now but you know like in my better days I'm able to just like have that light and just remember like oh no 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 I know I've experienced this I know that there's a there's a truth about the way these processes unfold and I'm not using that as a bypass at all but I am hanging on to it to just to just remember to not drown basically because um yeah, and I think I also wanted to reiterate something you said earlier about like, you know, having not having had the space to retreat and to be in the state of contraction and the like. I I think I had this experience last week when I came back home and I had had just such a just had such a massive breakdown and you held me through it, and for the days leading up to it, I was just it was getting it was building up inside of me and I was just not doing well at all and I kept you know trying to reset my system you know I would like go take a dip in the river or spend some time in the hot tub or or work out or do some yoga and like I had a big ass cry and you held me through it and then you were like do you want to go uh you want to go do some yoga do you want to do a workout and I was like fuck that I'm so tired of trying to reset my state like it's not it's I think that there's a it's it can be helpful but if the intention is to actually not go into the the pain and the tension 
if it's to bypass, then I then that's not really serving. If it's to support the process, yes, but but if I realize like I've been trying to bypass the process for days and I just need to go to sleep and I ended up going to sleep and it was the best thing I could have done. Yeah. Um and I just I don't know, I just want to name that because I think that we're I feel that in myself, but I also think we're in a culture where it's just like it's not what you do is why you do it. It's like if you feel like you need to sleep or exercise or whatever through a period of 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 challenge it's more why are you doing it are you doing it to bypass and not feel the feels or are you doing it to support your process that's going to make the difference and i think that 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 is true that's something i've been reflecting on a lot of like what is the context in which i'm doing something yeah and i think also to some degree it's like can I find a way to open or surrender to these forces that mm. I don't have as much control as I'd like to think I have over? Yeah. Right. And like that can be very humbling. And I think that's where a lot of the opening and regeneration and growth can come. I often think of Tara Brock's question Can I see this as my path? Mm. Or, you know, another way you could phrase that question is Can I see this as happening for me? Mm-hmm. Can I see this as happening in my for my highest good? It's a pretty challenging question um, to really embrace all of experience yeah. that way. And I'm not saying I always can. And I think there's a false way to do that. Yeah, I was going to sure. say. Yeah. Like a, a way that's not really deeply rooted in, in faith, but is actually rooted in fear. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, wow. But... I think I keep coming back to that, like, and and I think these experiences can actually deepen my that faith or bring it to deeper levels where I can actually see more of my experience at, and start to play really with that I- idea or that I don't know whatever it is a stance that that this is all happening for my unfolding. Yeah. This is all happening for me. Yeah. Is this the, is this it? <laughs> I think I don't know is. how we reached a dead end. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for today, Far Out People. Thank you for listening. Tune in next Wednesday for another episode. Toodles. Toodles. <laughs>